He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here. Number one show at uh, 5 o'clock. And uh, and this is a TriCast, WABC 770 in the studios. And we're also broadcasting on 970 AM, The Answer, and WLIR. We have two common sense Democrats in this studio. We have Judge Richard Weinberg, Governor David Patterson. The Republicans, they must have taken off. You know, they're off for the weekend. Maybe they're not working on Friday. They're smarter. And uh, my uh, sidekick who's taking the place of Lydia, who's down in Florida enjoying the sunshine with her, her daughter. And uh, we have uh, Rita Cosby. How are you, Rita? I'm doing great. I'm trying to bring some sunshine here. How's that? Am I doing you, okay? You always Rita, bring sunshine. You Rita, you do. <laughs> Tell us that we, I had, I hear we have an exciting uh, show today. Tell us about it. Yeah, we've got a great show. And boy, is there so much news to talk about here on Cats at Night. Thrilled to be with all of you guys. And of course, with the great John Katz and Matides. Um, we have tonight, we're going to have on in just a few seconds, we're going to have former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, of course, talking about Russia, Ukraine, Iran. There are so much to talk about. And also, Larry Kudlow, of course, is going to be coming on talking about the economy and oil. And we also have Joe Jacqueline, who is a former NYPD, former law enforcement expert, talking about bail reform and how much of it is or isn't in the new New York state budget. And of course, the big topic today, also talking about COVID. And we have our favorite Dr. Peter Mihalos talking about COVID because that's a big topic all the way, not just from New York City, but all the way to the White House. 18 people close to the president have now been testing positive for COVID and lots of talk about that. But I understand, John, we are going to be starting right now. We have some big breaking news because we have the former Secretary of State. Take a listen. Breaking Let's bring news, it in right WABC. now. WABC. Calling in right now, I understand, uh, is uh, Secretary Mike Pompeo. And um, uh, Secretary um, Pompeo, uh, I'm glad you're calling in. Tell us uh, what's going on. Everybody in America really wants to know the truth, and everybody's apprehensive. So people believe you. You tell us. Well, John, it's good to chat with you, and I know Rita's there, too. It's great to be with you both. Thank you, John. you know, we're watching the, the the horrors in Ukraine, and uh, we we know that had America done the right thing in the fall, had we had we delivered on our our commitments to the Ukrainians by helping them have the tools that they needed to defend themselves, there'd be there'd be less violence and less terror taking place in that place today. I hope the Biden administration will get on their front foot. I hope they'll lean forward. The Ukrainians haven't asked for a single soldier or marine. They've simply asked for the tools to defend their own sovereignty and. And we could do a lot more for them. We should make sure the Europeans are doing their part. That's in the end, this is in in their neighborhood. They are the frontline fighters. Uh, Putin is certainly intending to go beyond Ukraine if he gets the opportunity. We need to make sure that the Europeans do the right thing. And then finally, uh, American energy is at the very center of this. We all we all can see gas prices at home through the roof. Food prices are going to follow. It's going to get really expensive here for ordinary families. And a good part of that is. The fact that we didn't do the right thing and make sure that we were producing American energy for ourselves and to support Europeans so they weren't dependent on Vladimir Putin for their natural gas and their crude oil. Now, uh, Putin, uh, is he he pulling back or regrouping? What is he really doing? John, I don't know what he will choose to do operationally and tactically. Um, He certainly moved off of the target in Kiev because he's been unsuccessful, and I think he's redeploying to the south and southeast of their country. But I don't think that the Ukrainians think, and I don't think any of us should believe for a second, that Vladimir Putin has changed. He's been the same tyrant for 20 years. Uh, He didn't do uh, this. He he took a fifth of Ukraine, the part called Crimea, during the Obama administration. He now has conducted this land war, this invasion. He didn't do that when America was leading for four years while President Trump and I were running America's national security team. Uh, he won't change his ways. His, the nature, his objectives aren't going to change. He wants to rebuild greater Russia. Uh, it looks like he is going to move to the south and the southeast and begin to try and cut the Ukrainians off from the Black Sea. That looks like his military next set of moves. Now, uh, the free world is approximately two and a half billion people. Uh, the dictatorships are about five and a half billion, billion people. 
the free world is looking for the United States for leadership to keep two and a half billion people free. I mean, uh, I, the way I look at it, that uh, Putin looked at what happened in Afghanistan. China got all the assets, got all everything. Uh, they own the Taliban. Uh, does he feel he wasn't getting his set and that's why he actually went into Ukraine? I think, John, there's no doubt that his perception of American resolve changed fundamentally when President Biden came into office. He, the risk seemed low. The cost that he would have to pay seemed reasonable. And he began to uh, prepare the assault that we've seen take place in uh, the four region, main four regions of Ukraine. I, I think there's no doubt about that. It wasn't just Afghanistan. Remember, the president says a minor incursion is okay. When the Russians shut down a, a pipeline in the United States, remember they shut down the colonial pipeline for several days? Yes. Uh, Biden, president Biden simply says, don't, don't do that again. And, and, I mean, there was just so many signals that when the, the first American leader to go meet with Vladimir Putin wasn't the Secretary of Defense or the Secretary of State or the president. It was Secretary Kerry. Well, I, I realize climate change at the top of the list, and that, that shows Mr. Secretary, and the lack of resolve. I realized it was the Russians when the entire amount uh, needed to uh, to buy off uh, the, uh, the the problem was four and a half million, which is chump change for the whole colonial exactly pipeline. Right. <laughs> the, the, exactly the, Russian, right. the Russians were only sending a message. So my intelligence sources, I, I broke the story. I apologize for that because I think... Uh, I remember you did, John. I broke, broke the story it. on Maria Bartolomo that the number was four and a half million from my sources. And, um, well, we all have our sources. Uh, Rita, Rita yeah. you had a couple of questions. Yeah, uh, Secretary Pompeo, I want to ask, John was talking about sort of Putin's strategy. What do you think is the Biden administration's policy? Because they seem to be slow walking this to a stalemate. What, where do you see they, it going? Aren't, aren't they partners with Russia and many, many other items? Well, with uh, Iran, with the Iran. With Iran, Yes. <laughs> No, the, the craziness of the fact that the Russians are killing Ukrainians and we are sitting, the United States is sitting at the table in in Vienna talking to the Iranians is just, uh, uh, just uh, it's hard to imagine and understand. It's incomprehensible to me. Uh, look, I think the Biden administration's strategy uh, was not well prepared. And then when Ukraine began to show and demonstrate their incredible resolve of Zelensky, his leadership, uh, they slow walked everything, to your point, Rita. They were too slow. The weapons we provided were too small and too few. They were they were afraid that Ukraine might win uh, on some theory that you were going to provoke Vladimir Putin. I think everybody listening to this knows Vladimir Putin's done been provoked. His mission set mission set hasn't changed, and we, we should have been and we should continue now to provide them the tools that they're asking for, whether that's uh, MiG 29s that they wanted or uh, the sophisticated air defense systems they're looking for, or just the American intelligence that we could very readily provide them with almost no risk to the United States. Those are the things the Ukrainian people deserve, the Ukrainian military, Ukrainian military wants, and the things that will protect the American people at home from what is going to be a staggering increase in costs for energy and for food as a result of this conflict in Ukraine. And, and Mr. Secretary, I understand the Chinese uh, are after the Solomon Islands now. I mean, a lot of Marines died taking the Solomon Islands in the Pacific. And, and they did it. And, yep, we're not, and nobody's challenging them on it. This administration didn't, didn't challenge the Solomon Islands. We didn't. We didn't. Chat, the Obama administration didn't challenge them when they put military assets on a group called the Spratly Group of Islands in the South that she promised Obama he wouldn't do. They have been. They've been unwilling to confront the Chinese Communist Party. I, I hope they'll begin to get it right with the people of Taiwan that they'll provide the weapon systems to the Taiwanese so that they too, like the Ukrainians, can do the hard work, the work to defend themselves. If we're serious about this, if we help these nations present credible deterrent posture to the Chinese Communist Party, the good things will follow. You know, the, the connections between Ukraine and uh, China and, and Taiwan are deep, but maybe even more important is to watch the Chinese uh, allow the Russians to continue to advance and then scoop up Russian oil and natural gas with big pipelines being built so they get this product at a discount. This, this war has proven to be a tremendous boon for Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. The wow. Chinese want uh, 
Western Russia back. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Yeah, Rita? and that's what's so scary, too, is that the world is watching, as John's just talking about. Everybody, we're talking to former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo here on Cats at Night. And, um, Secretary, I want to ask you, to John's point about the world watching, what's happening there with the Solomon Islands and, and other, how pivotal is this moment? Because a lot of military strategists and foreign policy experts say right now they believe Russia's regrouping. Um, we hear that they're moving back to Belarus. They may be bringing in some of the Belarus forces. They may be bringing in um, other mercenaries. How pivotal is this window right now for Ukraine, for us to help, but also for history to send a message to others? It's absolutely critical. Uh, this, this is the time. Uh, the United States has the resources and tools. We, we know precisely how to do this. What this requires is real leadership. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think he is regrouping. He is, he's not going to either leave the battlefield, nor is he going to uh, move away from his uh, ultimate objectives. And we need to make sure we show the resolve that the United States showed for four years uh, during our time. Um, you can get really, you can get that deterrence back. It just takes real action. Uh, folks in the Middle East, folks in Southeast Asia, leaders all across the world are watching. The American people are watching to see if this administration has the moxie. Uh, the skill and the strategy to actually execute a vision that will make our country more prosperous and more secure and do a good turn for the people of Europe and Ukraine as well. Mr. Secretary, we have a minute left, and and it's the weekend is coming. What would you like to tell all American people? Well, this is Palm Sunday, and so I think we all ought to turn our eyes to uh, to that as well. Know that this prayer will help the Ukrainian people through their terrible tragedy uh, also. And then finally, we're about to suffer one of the greatest invasions across our southern border that we have ever seen. We could be talking about 15 or 18,000 illegal immigrants per day. This can be stopped. We know how to do it. The policy that we put in place that we came to call Remain in Mexico worked to turn off the magnet. Uh, we're we're going to see a, a transfer of people and fentanyl and potentially terrorists across our border that will put the nation at real risk. Mr. Secretary, you're 100% correct. Thank you so much for everything you've done for America in the past, and you continue to speak out for America. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you. Bless you too, John. Thank you, Rita. So long. Oh, great to have you here, the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. Wow, that was explosive. You know, John Katsimatidis, what did you think? Was Did he just say, yeah, Russia was responsible for the hack on the colonial pipeline? And was he the Secretary of State at that point? He sure was. That was very interesting. That was really powerful. Well, I I knew it, but I couldn't say anything right now because, you know, my own sources have to. You know what we need to do? We need to nominate you for Secretary of State. You had some good info there. Or at least head of the National (laughs) Press Corps. I don't need to travel the world. I enjoy the Italian food in New York. I enjoy the steaks in New York. I'm not looking to travel. John, when you were John, when you all were talking, you said that China is interested in the Solomon what? Islands. The mm-hmm. China has made made uh, approaches in the Solomon Islands. They've been invited in by the King of the Solomon, King Solomon of Solomon Islands, <laughs> whatever his name is. <laughs> and then, and then they have one eye on the Philippines. Wow! So that so, could be uh, next. You know, let me tell you something. Wow! This is a chess game being played by the Russians and China, mm-hmm. and if our, you know, and I said to the secretary, and you were there, uh, Rita, I said to the secretary that two and a half billion people in the free world depend on the United States of America to keep the free world free. And if we keep going like this, mm-hmm. wow. That's why it's so we're important. In deep That's why Judge? we have to stand up now for freedom, Look, just as you said, John. The short answer is China, Russia, Iran are playing a game with Pac-Man. At our expense. They're gobbling up whatever they can gobble up. They don't respect our president. They don't respect the White House. And right now, uh, we're in deep doo-doo. It's so painfully reminiscent of what happened in the late 30s. Appeasement does not work. Yes. Neville Chamberlain. But but now also, Governor. I bring you peace, he said. The (laughs) other open item, we're waiting for Larry Kudlow to call in. The other big item is... Uh, the budget uh, bill in Albany, and I understand that they're not moving fast enough and on the bail bond law, and they're not going to keep New Yorkers safe. What say you? Well, it, certainly, by the way, what they did was they added some 
some charges to those charges which would now qualify someone to have to uh, if to have if, bail. I, if I didn't have a license, which I do, uh, it's not a 007 license, license to kill. <laughs> it's not one of those. It's that was a good movie, ordinary though. ordinary license. And we always like James Bond. Sure. My actually, favorite, Sean the first, Connery. The yes. first gun I bought 40 years ago was a Sean Connery gun, a PPKS uh, you know, nine, right. uh, three, nine millimeter. Nine millimeter, I think, right? Yeah, it was a great gun. It's, well, we'll and, and tell that story some other time. Well, but I want to go well, back to the legal governor. gun, right? Uh, no, I had a, it was a legal gun. I had a license. Of course, of course. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'm telling everybody. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's, if it's, I get caught with an illegal gun, do I go to jail? No. Under the new thing? No, or no, do no. I get a parking ticket? No, hold on, hold on. Let's, uh, judge, let's, tell me. Look, look. The governor and I were talking about this off off camera. Let's let's be clear. This this piece of legislation that they worked on is a very weak piece of legislation because it still requires a judge to use the least restrictive means to make sure that the defendant comes back. So even though it may be so-called bail eligible, the judge still has an obligation to have the least restrictive means. And don't, but does it go to the judge at least because previously they just got a parking ticket? Right. The answer is now they claim it's going to go to the judge. Well, listen, but the wow. devil's the it's the We have to read the bill. Yeah, a lot I, of I window dressing. I understand uh, Larry Kudlow, the, the country's greatest economist, is with mm-hmm. us. Uh, Larry Kudlow, welcome to Friday afternoon. And how do we say it? T-G-I-F. Thank God it's Friday. And then I want to play Larry Kudlow's famous, new famous theme. Oh, wait a minute. i got to hear this. Where's our th- What's theme his, what is the cavalry? The fam- oh, the cavalry. we got to hear the cavalry. And I assume that this gets played every Saturday, right? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I just see the scene. At the, at the front of the scene, Rin Tin Tin is going out there. You know, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning this morning, and I heard that this cavalry, and I saw Larry Kudlow's face, and uh, I have an idea what's going to happen later, later, in, later in, in the year. If the cavalry doesn't come in, and we're not saved in, in uh, elections in New York State, in New York City, and Washington, we're in deep doo-doo. Larry Kudlow, it's your, it's your microphone. No, thank you very much, everybody. You know, I just want to pick up on the conversation with um, uh, the former Secretary of State, my colleague, Mike Pompeo. The key point here with respect to China is the Ukraine. The Ukraine is the key point, And it is also the key point with respect to Putin and Russia. I mean, look, if you take a look at the very good op-ed piece today in the New York Post uh, by Wes Clark, uh, former General Wes Clark, who was a longtime friend of mine, what he's saying is at this moment, as the Russians pull back and try to hold on to Donetsk, it is essential that the Biden administration focus all the resources to help the Ukraine and to get all of the MiGs and Sukhoff and air defenses and uh, artillery rounds, give Zelensky everything he needs so he actually can throw the Russians out of Donetsk. He threw them out of Kiev, and he can throw them out of the eastern Ukrainian. And if you do that, just think this through for a minute. If you defeat Putin in the Ukraine, first of all, Putin will be gone, okay? He will be thrown out in Moscow, and he will be tried as a war criminal. But the key is victory in Ukraine. Second point, if you do this, that sends a message to China that the United States and the free world will not tolerate breaking the rules of what we used to think of as the international order. That is to say, you can't just willy-nilly march in to these countries, violate their sovereignty and their human rights. You can't do that. And if you try to do it, as Putin has tried to do it, you will meet unbelievable resistance from what we used to call the free world. But the focus is not China per se. The focus is right here in the eastern part of the Ukraine, 
to defeat the Russians and Putin. That is the key to everything right now. And I can't emphasize that enough. And Wes Clark, who is a Democrat, he's a former Democratic presidential candidate. He's a moderate Democrat. Uh, and he was a fine, fine general, uh, has the story completely right. And everybody should have a look at that New York Post column. But these are things that have we've been talking about, uh, I don't know, in recent weeks on our show. This is every and it it just, you know, there's a bill uh, in Congress to bring forward the uh, sanctions on Russian oil imports to the United States. That bill would stop the Russian oil imports and all the financing that goes to Putin from those uh, Russian exports, our imports, that would stop it immediately upon passage of this bill. The way the Bidens have set up this sanction is it doesn't go into place until the latter part of June, all right, June 23rd or June 24th. They're kicking kicking the ball down the field, but the British and the European community Mm -hmm. is still buying and paying Putin for oil. Yes, this is a problem. It's a um, more or less a billion dollars a day. Uh, it's roughly forty billion dollars. The EU has, uh, with their purchases of oil and gas, you're quite right, is actually giving Russia far, far, far more money than they've contributed to the Ukraine. And it is. It's a very big problem, and some should be done about that problem. But probably at this stage, in the next couple weeks, to use West Clark's. Uh, uh, column again. So I think it was spot on. And General Keene uh, has said the same thing here at Fox. Um, give Zelensky and his generals everything they need. We still haven't given them the MiGs. We still haven't done that, for God's sakes. Um, we still, you know, the, the S-300s actually are coming. That's a good thing. But he needs more anti-aircraft systems, and he needs those MiGs because we can, you know, the, the Ukrainian army is outperforming the Russian army on the ground. Oh, by and large. I mean, yeah. There is no Russian <laughs> army. The way you, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's a joke. I mean, they're, they're leaving combat. They're deserting. They're selling gasoline in order to buy food. I mean, it's a crazy story. But in order for the Ukrainian army to win, they have to have air cover. And so these air defense systems are so, so important. And the Biden administration has been, you know, as always, they're very, very slow. But this is the, where the rubber meets the road. You want to whip China, you got to whip Putin in the Ukraine. It's that simple. And then you'll get rid of him. He is a war criminal. He is a crook. I don't know why we haven't seized his yacht, his $700 million yacht, Larry, which is sitting off the coast of exactly. Italy. Exactly. Larry, he's our partner. Ago. He's our negotiating partner with the Iranians. I, I mean, yes. you can't make this no, up. And there was no, another, that's exactly right. There was another that's report. Exactly Not only right. is he negotiating for the United States interests, so-called, but Russia is supposed to be the the guarantor of compliance by Iran if a deal is made. Oh, well, great. I, no, it goes further than that. I saw somebody very high up in the Israeli government at lunch today, and his answer, I said, what, what's going on? And the Israelis are very scared that President Biden is not going to back them up, so they're staying close to Putin, because if Iran gets all the goodies and opens up everything, they they don't they're not depending on President Biden. They want to depend on Putin too. And don't don't forget the Israelis are smart people. So Larry, what you're well, saying I by virtue of I don't uh, agree. With, I just I don't agree with that. I, well, I, I, that's what it, I was told, Israel, Larry. Yeah, I, I I have different information from other sources. I I think well, that. It's a much more complicated. Israel, sure knows how to, yeah. Israel knows how to do business uh, with Russia to some extent, but Israel will never rely on Russia. But the point is, the, the issue of Vladimir Putin comes to a point in Ukraine. Everything comes to a point in Ukraine. You defeat Putin in Ukraine, you will have destroyed Putin. And you that's a second a- chance, right, Larry? Because... We've already bungled this up. This is an opportunity that they've basically given us by backing off, and we're not doing anything about it. Well, look, I would give credit, however, to the Ukrainian military forces and also the, the Ukrainian civilian forces. Absolutely. You know, they've, 
they, they, they emigrated, but they came back. So you have these militias on the ground. It's their country. Uh, it's their families, their lives, and their businesses, and they're fighting like hell. The Ukrainian army turns out to be a tremendous performer. I mean, look, uh, Milley, General Milley said uh, five or six weeks ago that in 72 hours the Russians would take Kiev. And he was completely wrong. Again, completely, I might add. Totally wrong. He's been wrong, it seems like, on a lot of stuff, yeah. Larry. Larry, <laughs> yeah. Larry, we have one minute left. Would you round it up for our, for our audience? No, I'm just, I'm just saying this, this is a key point, and the next couple of weeks are going to be crucial. And if you want to defeat China, you have to defeat Putin and Ukraine. And if you want to reestablish international rules of order and sovereignty and freedom and human rights, it all begins and ends in Ukraine. That is how incredibly important this is. And whether the Biden administration understands this urgency remains to be seen. I want them to do the right thing because we are all American patriots. He is our president. But this is absolutely the key point in the world's struggle for freedom. Right now, it's in Ukraine and indeed the eastern part of Ukraine. You hold that, or if the Ukrainians can retake that, then you will have rid the world of Vladimir Putin. And that is a blow for victory. Wow. Larry Kudlow, thank you so much. And I, I'll be listening to you at 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock on Saturday morning, the number one show on, on Saturdays on WABC. Larry Kudlow will be on from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock, WABCradio.com, 770 on your dial. And you can always call out Alexa, play 77 WABC. Thank you so much, Larry. I'll be listening tomorrow. Thank you, John. Thank you. Great. And Thanks uh, when so much. we come back, we're going to take a break and we come back. Yeah, we got a lot. We have um, former New York State Senator. We have former New York Senator, rather, Al D'Amato, talking more about policies with Ukraine, also border, and, of course, the New York budget. I understand there's some big wins there. Yeah, big wins. All right, take a break. <laughs> this is Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis. And you're a classic example of the people who built this country. On 77 WABC. And everybody, welcome back to Cats at Night. Rita Cosby here with John Katsimatidis on the number one rated show on the TriCast 2 as well, which we love on WABC. Also 970 way, WLIR. Way, it's the number one show before you even count 970's numbers. Oh, wow. Wow. wow, wow. So then it's a double number one show. That's a twofer. That's even better. That's yep. great. That's great. And of course, we Do continue here. Do we have to here. send it on? We do. We have Al D'Amato on, right? New York Senator, Senator Al D'Amato. I understand you're mad as hell that everything is going on here. And give us your expressions. Well, John. I was mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> We're warming you up, Senator. It's Friday afternoon. <laughs> John, i got to tell you, the people in Nassau County and Long Island, and I think throughout the country, aren't going to take what's taking place. We had just a little microcosm of this yesterday. We had an assembly seat where the Democrats outnumber the Republicans by about five or six percent. Guess what? The Republican candidate won. This is an assembly race two to one. This is special election, Senator? Yes, special election to fill the seat of Missy Miller. Um, uh, left the assembly and they want, they actually carried the city of Long Beach, which is a democratic stronghold for a long time. Now, let me say this to you. I think the harbinger of things to come is even worse for the democratic party. People are disgusted. They're angry. The cost of living is going well beyond the numbers that are being uh, uh, reported because those numbers are always behind the damage that has taken place in terms of the food prices, whether it's milk, whether it's turkey, whether it's eggs, whether it's you, you name it. The, the power plants that are charging more are gasoline. Everything is skyrocketing. And let me tell you. And I understand the corned beef sandwiches are up, too. <laughs> Everything. Everything. And, 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 John, let me tell you, 
we got this border crisis over here mm-hmm. in the United States, the tens and thousands, actually hundreds of thousands of young people who come into the country, who's going to educate them? Who's going to feed them? Who's going to take care of their health care costs? The, the local governments are going to be picking up a staggering amount of this. So while at one hand uh, we we talk about the energy crisis uh, and and that inflation, on the other hand, what are we doing to stop this from growing the cost? And by the way, the drugs, the fentanyl that yeah, was coming just, in by the drug gangs will kill a hundred thousand people this year. Fentanyl. You know, um, uh, in your, uh, Senator um, D'Amato, this is Rita Cosby joining um, John Katsimatidis. And I want to sure. get your take because of Title 42, which is about to be lifted. As you know, you just talked about the border and fentanyl. What do you think the impact is going to be on New York State and the country? Because that's that we're talking a few weeks away. It's going to be just as bad as the energy crisis that Joe Biden and, and his bunch of wackadoodles uh, have put upon this country. When he stopped us from developing energy, from bringing in energy from Canada, developing our own, I mean, and that's what he has done. This, this crisis with Title 42, you're going to bring two to three million people a year into this country. And how many of them? or people that you would never allow into this country Senators, if they were interviewed properly. How Senator, many criminals? Yep. It's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I'm very concerned about the national security implications about who's coming in. Are they terrorists? Are they cartel people? Who are there these people? Be. Of course. Yeah, look, and, and talk about what happened in MS-13, how President Trump cleaned it up in, well, out yeah. on the island. And what happened then? And, and But you touched on the point. You have people coming from throughout the world. It's not just South America. They're coming throughout the world. How many of them will be terrorists and are terrorists and are using this opportunity to gain entry to this country? So the cost is going to be staggering to our people. Inflation, you haven't seen how bad it's really going to get. It, it, this is incredible. And this jackass... And instead of standing up to Putin and saying to him, you know, we've watched you now. We're going to give the Ukrainians everything and anything they need. And that's what he should say, because Putin is just going to keep killing, killing innocent civilians, killing kids. And by the way, he will absolutely terrorize those other countries who are in the region. And that's what he's doing. And so it's about time we sent to them. Here's the president, President Zelensky of the Ukraine, pleading, pleading to give him, not troops, give us the, the, the firepower that we need, that you have, that can make a difference. And, and we've taken our damn sweet time about doing it. And why do you now think that is? Getting- Senator, why do you think that is? And everybody, we're talking to former New York Senator Al D'Amato here on Cats at Night. Senator, why is that? Why is this president slow walking it? Look, look what he did uh, uh, as it uh, as it re- related to Afghanistan. Do you think that this guy has got the brain power to, to know when you should stand up? Do you? I don't think so. If Afghanistan is an example of how he operates, well, I got to tell you, uh, it doesn't look good. It's only because Putin has been so bad and gone out of his way uh, to terrorize the Ukrainian people. And and I got to give our our local media, all of our media, congratulations for focusing in on the showing just how despicable he's been. A killer, a mad killer. What is he going to slow walk him? I mean, he didn't even know where he was when he was meeting with the with Obama the other day. I understand wandering around during that same party. I understand is eighteen people from that White House party to have uh, COVID. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Nancy Pelosi has it, and I understand Nancy Pelosi kissed him uh, before she left. 
Yeah, so the is everybody's that the kiss of death. That would be <laughs> potentially. <laughs> he has you tested negative, but no, no, we end up with Harris. You look who takes over. Uh, what a tragedy! If you think it couldn't get worse, it can and would get worse. But but I I have to tell you, the American people should tell him for God's sake, stand up for the Ukrainians, back them. Send them the planes that they need. Well, do you think because you're not going to send them those planes that the Russians are going to be any nicer to you? What do you think they're going to do? They're going to start an atomic war? I don't think so. But he's so paralyzed by fear. And again, they look and see what he did in Afghanistan. Are they afraid of us? Nope. Not as long as he is the commander in chief. So we got trouble Wait. between the war over there between his mamby-pamby handling it, and, and he had to be almost coerced into saying that they should get rid of him. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, Senator D'Amato, I, you know, I was talking, we were talking about Jack Keane earlier. Um, Jack Keane gave a, a really interesting line to me the other day when I was talking. He said, you know, yeah. during, of course, what was going on um, with Britain at that time, Churchill had a Roosevelt. And he said, sadly, Zelensky doesn't have a Roosevelt now. Is that how you feel? Absolutely. Absolutely. If our president had acted the way he should and should have said to 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 uh, uh, Putin, let me tell you, if you go in and do these things, we will be supporting the Ukraine. Make no mistake about it. And that's what he should have told them up and down. And you may have avoided this conflict. OK, but instead, oh, well, you know, you may have sanctions. And big deal, he puts him in. Oh, we're going after Putin's, the oligarchs. Big frickin' deal. Give me a break. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're begging for weapons, 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 and he's giving sanctions, sanctions, sanctions. Uh, it's crazy. Former Senator Aldamato, we love having you here on Cats at Night. Thank you so much for joining us. Who's coming back? Good being with break. you. Thanks so much. Thanks. And after the break, um, we have Joe Jackalone of NYPD Sergeant, also professor, talking more about bail reform and what's happening and what really isn't happening in the budget. That after the break, everybody on Cats at Night. A station built just for you. Entertaining talk, information, and New York opinions. Shut up! The world famous and American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. WABC Traffic and Transit. GWB inbound okay. Lower doing fine outbound. We have heavy delays. Lincoln 15 to 20 inbound. Outbound 20 to 30 minute delays. Holland inbound 15 to 20 from the Turnpike. 40 to 50 minute delays from Route 109 outbound. 30 to 40 minute delays. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC Traffic and Transit update. He knows New York. He loves New York. He is New York. He's got plenty of ideas on how to bring change. He is John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats at Night. This is Rita Cosby joining John Katsimatidis. And also still with us in studio is Judge Richard Weinberg, the great judge out there who we love, and also former New York governor, Democrat, David Patterson, we're glad to have both of you guys here. Of course, the big news is that Governor Hochul and the Assembly, it looks like they have come to an agreement on the budget, a $220 billion New York State budget. But is there really bail reform? And they're joining us now to talk about all of this is Joe Jackalone. Joe is a former NYPD detective sergeant, also a professor at law and political science. And we're so thrilled to have you here on the show, Joe. First of all, um, thank you for joining Cats at Night. And we want to get your reaction to what is or really isn't in the budget in terms of bail reform and criminal justice. Great. Thanks for having me. Yes. I mean, when you take a look at what they're going to give, uh, it's it's sort of like peanuts in this respect. I mean, New York City is dealing with 30 to 50 percent increases in crime every week. A lot of anecdotal evidence of people being arrested, re-released without bail, and then only to be arrested again. So the violence has continued and it's soared. I mean, today alone we had uh, three teenagers shot in the Bronx in broad daylight. 
So there are a lot of things that are happening. The warm weather is upon us. And we need to give the judges specifically the dangerousness standard of being allowed to hold people who present a danger to others. I mean, this is kind of a common sense thing that should have been never been put in the bail reform in the first place. Yeah, now, why, why was that not even a focus here? I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that are kind of ridiculous about this, like even the possession of an illegal handgun and a hate crime where you just uh, you get arrested and you're, you're, you're released immediately. I mean, when you're talking about struggling with violence and you have situations where you can't even hold people, there is uh, zero deterrence, right? So criminals are opportunists. They understand the system better than everybody else. And if there isn't anything that's going to hold them, they are just, uh, you know, running rampant. And that's what we're seeing. Professor, it's, uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. I, I know your column. You said it was too little, too late. And I understand Mayor Adams is going to try to push it again. But we on Cats at Night and John Casmatee's leadership have been fighting well, for state, public safety. The state Senate and the state assembly is telling all New Yorkers, go pound sand. Right. This In other was, words, you know how Gerald Ford said drop dead? Well, the state assembly and the state uh, uh, Senate have just told New Yorkers, drop dead. They have not given enough to protect the public. I mean, the idea that judges, the only state in the entire country and the federal system as well, we're the outliers where judges cannot hold people in on bail because of dangerousness. It's absolutely yes. essential that they have that. Absolutely. But, and, they, but they yeah. also yes, do it Governor. in California and New Jersey, don't they? They do what? They, they do not require the dangerousness standard there. No, no. They, they, everybody else has it, as far yeah, as I understand. Yeah, no, no, one. no. California removed it in 2018, and New Jersey removed it in 2020. Uh, Joe, 20. what do you say? Yeah, no, New Jersey reinstated that. Where I, from the last I saw, 49 states. That's had my the numbers. Standard. My research said it was 49. But the most important thing of all is the standard that you have to use the least dr- drastic, least restrictive uh, alternative to bring somebody by for trial. The problem with that is, it, even if it is a bail eligible crime, it forces a judge to go through this exercise of not putting bail down because there may be something else. In place. Let's exactly. Wait. Tell tell him. Tell them how New Yorkers. I'm hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. That's how New Yorkers <laughs> feel about it. <laughs> Do you it's, agree, it's Joe? There. I mean, it's it's, it's no. Unfortunately, getting... there are a lot of New Yorkers. I mean, I'm on social media. They're talking about this. They're very concerned. And uh, listen. And unfortunately, I know it's only social media talk, but a lot of New Yorkers are talking about arming themselves, which you know as well as I do won't end well. So this is a problem that they need to get a hold of. The perception is no longer a perception. It's a reality. When you're looking at the numbers like I do every week, and uh, I've been calling this out for two years. I mean, I wrote an op-ed in uh, October of 2019 warning about the disastrous bail reform that was coming. It's going to be dark city. It's going to be dark city. We hope that it doesn't get there. We hope it doesn't get back to the 80s and 90s. But unfortunately, we are... um, at odds this time, you know, political wise, we have a lot of politicians in New York City that are going to fight this tooth and nail, and they they have every step of the way. So, uh, Professor only- uh, Jack Malone, this is David Patterson. I think that I the biggest problem right now is that we're not dealing with the real problem, which is the sentencing. I think that's far more important than the bail for people who get out, because. Uh, even when someone's arrested for a heinous crime like murder, there's still a presumption of innocence until you prove the person guilty. Once the person is guilty, we've got people getting out way before they should. And I think we're yes. almost distracted by bail reform. Well, I agree with you. And it's, 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 it's about raise the age. And uh, you know, listen, less is more. Starting last week, Governor Hochul, they started to release 8,000 uh, people from supervised uh, parole, right? So we're going to this community. And there's a whole battery of bills up in Albany right now that the progressives yes. are going to push to let people out earlier. That's the next and, wave. And, but that's the I next think wave. that that's the bigger fight because uh, a lot of the, the bail reform that they did had to do with misdemeanors and basically nonviolent felonies. Now we're talking, as the professor just pointed out, what they're we're talking about is the real danger the people who get out from serving sentences early and commit further crimes. Well, and I, I agree with you, Governor. And the issue that also comes down to is we released thousands of prisoners during the pandemic where there was zero chance for them to go to work or school. 
So what did we think that some of these individuals would actually get involved with if they had no nothing else to do with them? I mean, it was a big failure all around not to have a plan ready. And it's just uh, it's unfortunate. But if you look at the precincts back from the 80s and 90s that suffered the most, and I'm talking about East New York, Brownsville and Brooklyn and the Bronx, we're seeing those same precincts surging in violence now. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Not at all. New Yorkers are getting mad. Thank you so much. Yeah, Joe, thank you. It is outrageous, as John was just saying. I mean, this is scary times and shame, I think, on the legislature and everybody. I mean, that they didn't. They had a moment and we're seeing crime 37 percent up in New York. Crazy. Um, anyway, Joe uh, Jackalone, thank you very much. And thank you so much also um, for your service as a former uh, NYPD detective sergeant. We appreciate you being here on Cats at Night. Thanks so much. Thank you. Enjoy an evening. Thank you. And we were talking, guys, um, before the break about the COVID cases, sadly, that have been going on at the White House. Um, it's been going on in New York and in Washington, increased cases. And now they're also monitoring the president because Nancy Pelosi has been diagnosed. So we have coming up after the break, Dr. Peter Mihalos to talk about COVID and a lot more. And is the president at risk? We're going to talk about that and a lot more as you are listening to Cats at Night. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Great guests, great conversation, and the truth. Giving you both sides of the story. He's a great role model. When he does get involved, he's all in. John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Well, we're back, and uh, we have, uh, well, seven minutes to go before TGIF. Thank God it's Friday, and uh, and we have Dr. Peter Michalos, our in-house ge- genius. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Peter uh, who won the Who won the baseball game? I understand you went to see the Yankees. Yes, the Yankees uh, won the game. Wow! And, uh, it looks like New York is a happy place again. So it's all good. <laughs> happy they're, days they're are here again. <laughs> That's a big. The only, the only the only problem with these large gatherings, as we found out with that event that happened in Washington D.C., and fourteen politicians tested positive. So we are seeing it's, the it's number of cases 18. increasing. It's up to eighteen. Yeah, well, it's it's going to grow, and unfortunately, this uh, variant seems to be very contagious. The good news is that people are not ending up in the hospital as much, but they are presenting different symptoms than the original one. They're getting a burning, sore throat, a lot of pain, and sore throat and coughing. So this one is presenting differently like the other one with the breathing issues and the uh, loss of smell. So this one is a little different, and people are able to get access to the antibodies uh, throughout the New York tri-state area and the country, and the pills are becoming more readily available, which you take twice a day for five days, and it seems to prevent hospitalizations and deaths. So that's the good news, but it looks like it's not over yet, and it looks like after Easter, when everyone gets together and gathers, we'll have another surge, but we're hoping that the hospitalizations and ICU admissions uh, don't increase, and today the government announced that uh, we do need a variant-specific vaccines because, as we know, the booster shots and all these shots we're getting are for the original Alpha Wuhan variant. They're not really designed for these uh, variants uh, that are the uh, Omicron and the subvariant. So we need to have variant-specific vaccines that last longer and give us longer than just a few months of immunity, like the ones we have now. It seems that after six months, it seems to uh, wear off. So the government is pushing hard to accelerate the process. Albert Borla from Pfizer said that they're working on a multivariant vaccine, just like we have a multivariant flu vaccine that we have to update every year. So that's going to be around the corner, maybe around June, we might be seeing the first announcements of those types of new updated vaccines. So we continue to watch this uh, very closely. And usually we lag behind Europe 30 to 40 days. So now we're approaching that 30 to 40 days when they had their spikes. And we're seeing that uh, now. The other issue is President Biden signed a document a few days ago to uh, spend money on research on long-haul COVID syndrome. And uh, many people, apparently, they say one in five possibly suffer from this condition where they're having rapid heart rate, panic attacks, anxiety, brain fog, and some uh, neuropathy and uh, concentration issues. So we'll see how that unfolds in some hospitals in the New York area, including Mount Sinai and Stony Brook and Columbia and other places are starting long-haul COVID centers where they're treating people for long-haul COVID. 
And uh, Peter, uh, this is Rita Cosby uh, joining Cats at Night. And um, Peter, I want to ask you, you probably, as John was talking about, how concerned should the president be? I want to get your take on that because I, I was just watching the White House briefing earlier this afternoon and I call her Circle Back Saki. Um, but she was actually saying, we are taking precautions. We're worried there is a possibility he could get it because as John was talking about, uh, Nancy Pelosi went over to him on Tuesday, gave him a big hug and kiss and now we know that there's quite a lot of people at that event um and a lot of people are talking about the double standards of the super spreader event yeah. that they were accused of under trump and now it's suddenly it's gone under you know biden but she also admitted that she's worried about the president well i would if i if i was his physician i would consider the possibility based on the latest research with the ready-made IV antibodies that he could theoretically get an infusion of the new eli lilly built tevolab uh, drug and they did give it to nursing home patients these monoclonal antibodies and as an experiment to see if it would prevent getting COVID, and it actually did and it reduced it by over 80 percent so that is a possibility and i think in the future you're going to see that it might even be an option offered to people who are anti-vaxxers and refuse to get vaccines that you can get an infusion of ready-made antibodies that could theoretically give you six to 12 months of protection. Now, uh, do so the pharmacies, if I was the president, I would consider that. Do the pharmacies in New York have those pills? They have the pills, but they're only designated pharmacy for our audience. Go to covid.org, put in your zip code, and they have treat to test centers, test-to-treat centers where you test positive and they tell you where to go, but you just put in your zip code wherever you live and it'll tell you which pharmacies have the monopiravir by Merck, which has to be taken within five days, or the Plaxovid by um, Pfizer. Dr. Peter, thank you. And uh, everybody, uh, our audience, tune in on Sunday in the Cats Roundtable. Peter Michalos has an exciting show that is different and uh, tells you how to live to be 100 at least. Thank Peter you. always has the best info. Thank you, Dr. Michalos. Yeah, great to be with you. And, and your sidekick tonight, Rita Cosby, is the Energizer Bunny. So <laughs> yeah, she, she always has an amazing thank show. Thank you. She makes everybody great smile. Energy. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Governor Thanks. Patterson, thank you. Thank you, John. And uh, George Weinberg, thank you, too. And Rita, thank you for being here all week. And I understand you're going to be here next week till Wednesday. I am. I'm thrilled. I'm going to be with you Monday and Tuesday. I can't wait. Filling in for Lydia, which has been fun. And you know what's interesting? So we're talking with Dr. Mihalos. We were talking about, I was thinking, God, isn't it amazing? There's no COVID at the border. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Unbelievable. And uh, last minute, uh, the last day, you can... Donate to uh, the Ukrainian people, refugees. Go to WABCRadio.com. Go to donations. Help the refugees. We're buying them food. And uh, whatever you can donate, whether it's $1, $25, or $50, or $1,000, please help. God bless New York. God bless America. And everybody, everybody have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everyone. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506. 6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.